Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I want to say to all of you, streaming online, those of you that are with us, you are in a Pentecostal church on Pentecostal Sunday, going to hear about the day of Pentecost. And my assignment this morning is to help us experience a personal Pentecost. Can you say that? A personal Pentecost. And so if you've received the Holy Ghost, you see, I received a personal Pentecost in 1968. So you don't fry your brain. I was eight years old and I'm 61 now. So let's just get that out of the way, okay? But I like the video I saw and I'm going to use that my message, but it didn't stop there. And you received the Holy Ghost maybe, but it didn't stop there. And that's the beautiful thing. This is not extinct. It's not a dinosaur. It's not expired. Didn't go out with the apostles. Because it didn't stop there. It didn't stop on the day of Pentecost. And I have the the privilege and the exciting time with you today and those that are streaming to talk about Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday. I welcome you. It's been said by several people here today, very capable. But I just, as a pastor... Welcome all of you here, and if you're streaming with us or perhaps you're watching this video and service at an archive at a later date, I welcome you to the Word of God today. Part of the maybe challenge is I've got to preach, I've got to teach, and I've got to preach, and I've got to inspire, and I've got to do a clinic. And maybe you've never received the Holy Ghost, and we've sang about it. Maybe Holy Spirit is a little more palatable your knowledge. How do I receive that? What is the Holy Spirit? What does that have to do with God and church and my life? I want to help you this morning. I want you to lean in. We've had an amazing time of worship, a motivation in the Spirit spoken to all of our hearts. You responded well. I commend you for responding to the move of God. Now let me talk to you for a little bit. If you're able to stand in honor of the word of the Lord, which is our custom, the gospel according to John chapter 3. Again, to all of you, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are glad that you are here. The gospel of John chapter 3, beginning at verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. Someone shout water. Someone shout spirit. Spirit. He cannot, shout cannot, Cannot. enter into the kingdom of God. Now on the surface, that gets my attention. If you don't do this and this, you cannot have this. But we're talking about life. We're talking about eternity. So I I kind of perk up. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. You must be born again. I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to educate you. I'm going to train you. I'm going to give you some information about the infilling of the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray once again that you would give me wisdom to flow in the spirit today. On Pentecost Sunday, we are a spirit-filled church, and we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, God. And we ask that a fresh anointing comes upon every one of us in the house today 
everyone that's streaming through technology, God, that they will feel an unction or a move of the spirit of that which they felt on the day of Pentecost, Lord. Let us fill, God. Breathe upon us today, Holy Ghost. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Let it be so. And if you receive it and believe it, someone shout amen. Amen, amen. God bless you for standing this morning. You can be seated. We pick up in the Gospel of John that Jesus is telling Nicodemus that he's asking him, he's inquiring about this spirit thing. We pick up in John, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist was telling everyone that the Holy Ghost is coming. Have you seen the memes or the social media where it shows a video or a picture and it just simply says, wait for it? And I always wonder, is it like going to scare me? Is it going to, I don't know. And so most of the time I just flick on because I don't want to wait for it because I don't know what's going to happen. But there's an anticipation. And it's almost if we go back some 2,000 years ago, John the Baptist is saying, wait for it. Hang in there. Matthew chapter 3, 11, John referring to himself, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He shall baptize you. He's referring to the Messiah. He's referring to the man Christ Jesus. In the Gospel of Mark chapter 1, 7 and 8, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, and latchets of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. In verse 8, I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. End of verse. Thank God for the prophetic word. Hey, wait for it. It's coming. The gospel according to Luke 3.16, John said, saying unto all of them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchets of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. This is what John the Baptist is saying. The Holy Ghost is coming. Get ready. I'm baptizing you unto repentance. I'm baptizing you unto water. We shall wash away your sins, but you shall be mighty. Why? Because the Spirit of God is coming one day, and it's going to fill inside of you, not in your head, not in your knowledge, not in your forethoughts, but God's Spirit is going to fill you and fill you with what we call the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, someone shout amen. The Holy Ghost was prophesied in the Old Testament hundreds of years before it was poured out. Ezekiel chapter 36, about 600 years B.C., talks about it coming. He says, and a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put in within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. There's a prophetic word that is forth telling it. Hey, this is going to happen. Wait for it. It's going to happen here. And about 700 years BC in Isaiah chapter 28, 11, the writer says, for with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to his people? Now you got to get the backdrop here. You got to get the storyline, the narrative. This has not happened yet. This is Old Testament. This is in the Old Testament where the spirit of God 
moved. The Spirit of God went on the burning bush and talked to Moses. The Spirit of God parted the Red Sea. The Spirit of God did these things. And there is somebody writing here, hey, I'm going to come and talk to you with stammering lips and another tongue. I will fill you. I indeed will be with you. You shall walk after my statutes. Why? Because I'm going to be living inside of you. This has not even happened. And I can understand it. It's taken the people by surprise. Maybe on the surface it makes no sense because often prophetic words don't make sense because you can't see them. They're not forming. It's the future. It's a prophetic. You shall be, and there's a prophetic word. This shall happen unto thee, I say. It's a prophetic word. And so because you can't see it, feel it, hear it, and touch it, it makes it prophetic. So to understand the prophetic, you have to have faith that gets you from where you are to where the prophetic word is going to take place. But what takes place between where you are and before the prophetic prophecy takes place? That's the bridge of faith. And let me just digress a little bit out of my Pentecost Sunday message. Maybe God has prophesied and said some prophetic words into your life, and you've not seen that prophetic fruition come to pass yet. So you are in the place of a bridge of faith. It's been spoken. I believe it. I receive it. I don't see it. I don't hear it. I don't feel it. I haven't touched it. But if God said it, my friend, let me tell you, it will come to pass because heaven and earth shall pass away before this becomes a liar. And this is the profound prophetic word of God. Hallelujah. So Isaiah says it. Joel, about 800 B.C., says, Then it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Again, the prophet Joel is prophesying years in advance that this is going to take place. And so the Spirit of God moved upon the people in the Old Testament. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was 400 years of silence. In the New Testament, the Gospels pick up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Gospels primarily, according to Bible historians, is the GPS of Jesus' life. The account of him coming up on the scene, the account of his birth, the account of Joseph and Mary, and then Jesus becoming a little 12-year-old boy in the synagogue, uh, just working in a profound way with the scribes and the Pharisees. And it kind of tracks his life, kind of like we would track our kids in grade school through high school, and we would turn the page, and all of us, maybe at least I have, we have our kids, we find in the garage, and oh, look, they were, it's when they were in second grade. Oh, weren't they so cute? Whoa, they had big teeth in fourth grade. Oh, their head finally caught up with their body. That's good. I was worried. And we tracked the kids. Huh? Come on, somebody. I need the doorballs here today to tell us, come on, somebody. Well, this was tracking Jesus. And then he became a man, and he started doing amazing exploits. And he started messing up religion. He started pushing the buttons of the scribes and the Pharisees because he did it different. They accused him of making himself equal with God. But you understand, after the Old Testament was the Spirit of God, when you get into the Gospels, the man Christ Jesus, now you have the man Jesus, the baby Jesus. And he prophesies about a spirit that is coming. In John chapter 7, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit. If you notice in the Bible, it's a capital S. 
just on a quick Bible study here, whenever you see a capital S on spirit in your Bible, it's referring to the deity or the spirit of God. A lowercase spirit would be referring to some other spirit, but not the spirit of God. In this case, it refers to this deity. But he spake of the spirit, which they that believed on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, here's my revelation I got eight years ago. When the Spirit of God was, I would say, over the Old Testament and everything that you read about God doing, the Spirit, the Bible says that a spirit hath not flesh and bones, but the Spirit moves. And we know the Spirit of God came upon Samson. The Spirit of God came upon David. The Spirit of God came upon a burning bush. The Spirit of God... Uh, created all those miracle, miracles or those exploits that we think, wow, that's amazing. How did he do that? Uh, the Spirit of God caused water to come out of a rock. The Spirit of God caused the walls of Jericho to fall down. So the Spirit of God was fluid and it was moving, but it was not in people. It was an external experience. It was an external intuition. It was an external relationship. But then we get into the Gospels where Jesus is robed in self and flesh. That Spirit becomes humanity and it becomes Christ Jesus. And then he lives among the people for 33 and a half years. He ministers for a little over three years, three and a half years. And he says, hey, something is going to take place. And when I'm gone, I will send back my Spirit, which is the comforter in John chapter 14. He says, I'll not leave you comfortless, but I will bring my spirit back to you and it will be called the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And all these prophetic words in the gospels and it's getting really close. Come on, wait for it, wait for it. It's kind of like that little video trailer on social media. When you see that little button getting to the end, you know the surprise is coming. Wait for it. It's getting close. And it's like that little trailer of social media. He said, it's coming. The Bible says here in John chapter 7 that, hey, the Holy Ghost has not been poured out because the man Christ Jesus was here. Now, here's my revelation. I just, this just came to me several years ago. I've never heard this preached, taught, or anything, so just bear with me. God interfaced with his people as a one component each time. In the Old Testament, it was the Spirit of God. Okay? The Spirit of God goes and he fills a man. Then it was the man, Christ Jesus. When he was crucified and he rose again and he showed himself, and that's why the Pentecost Sunday is basically 50 days after Easter, some seven weeks. He comes back and he shows himself. And so we don't have Jesus with us, the flesh, the man, Christ Jesus, but he sends back his Spirit So you had the Spirit of God, you had Jesus, and then when he was crucified, now you have the Spirit of God, which is a much better deal, in my personal opinion, if I was selling something to you today, because now the Spirit of God goes with me, and it goes with you, and it goes with you, and as the Bible said in Acts chapter 2, it's for your children and their children, and as many as the far off are called, it's not just in contact with Jesus, I don't have to find a Spirit, God says, I can do better now, I'm not going to be external, I'm not going to be a body, but I'm going to be inside of you and I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to give you peace. I'm, mm, come on now, somebody. <clears throat> so now in the dispensation of grace in which we live in, we've got a much better deal when you span and you zoom out on humanity. Why? Because now, Brother Tony, God's spirit is inside of me. When we close down this building today and we turn off the lights and the air conditioning and we go home, guess what? The spirit of God goes home with me. 
guess what? The Spirit of God is still with me. Why? Because where I go, God's Spirit goes because God's Spirit is inside of me. Oh, someone put your hands together. <clears throat> so, to validate your human thinking, so you are saying, I'm talking to myself now, okay? Is it okay, is it okay to talk to myself? You are saying... If I don't have the Holy Spirit, when I leave this place, the Holy Spirit is not inside me, so don't go with me. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So how do I get this Holy Spirit? How do I get this Holy Ghost? The Bible is very clear. Here's the beautiful thing about it. I keep saying we live in the best era. We live in the best dispensation. Had we lived in the Old Testament, it was going to always say, hey, it's coming, something's coming better, something's coming better. Why can't I have it now? No, 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 you got to wait. It's not, I don't know, it's coming. God told me it's coming someday. You may or may not see it, but it's coming. Oh, that's a bummer. But we get to live in the day that it has already come. And we are among people that have been filled with the Spirit of God. With the Bible says, how do you know you've been filled with the Spirit? With the evidence of speaking in tongues. Watch me now, as the Spirit gives utterance. Okay, I'm speaking in tongues right now. I'm speaking English. Okay? But the Bible says, as the Spirit, okay? The Spirit is God's Spirit. That's God talking through humanity. God uses, when I receive the Holy Ghost... God used my tongue, he used my jaw, he used my mouth, he used my voice. But the Spirit gave utterance that God was flowing through me. That's according to the Bible. So how do you know, hey, have you, ever, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you spoken tongues as the Spirit gave utterance? If the answer is yes, then you've received the Holy Ghost since you believe. And then God has now filled you, the vessel or the humanity or the body. This God fills this body here. And it enables you to live a holy, godly, productive, powerful life as your sins are washed away in baptism. So the new birth experience is, number one, I have to repent. John the Baptist is correct. Repentance and baptism. I have to be baptized. It's an action. Here's the thing about the new birth experience. If it's repentance, if it's baptism, and if it's the infilling of the Holy Spirit, two-thirds of it is something that I do. I want to repent. God, I'm sorry, and you fill in the blank. I want to turn from my wicked ways, God. I'm tired of this life. I can't deal with this. I need a fresh start. I want to do whatever it takes. God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. That's repentance. We do that. And then if I'm going to get my sins washed away, which is in baptism, according to the, in, in the book of Acts, that their sins are washed away, calling on the name of Jesus as we Wash away sins. Brother Chavez, that's something I do. I say, hey, I want to be baptized. Now, on a side note, we have water, we have towels, we have robes. So if I'm going to get real King James on you, i got to come back and say, what doth hinder thee? If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, that's the only way people baptize in the Scripture. And they went down in a watery grave. You come up, your sins are washed away. So obedience in the new birth experience, I'm controlling two-thirds of those. So when someone says, I don't want to repent or I don't want to be baptized, I as a pastor immediately conclude they don't understand. 
They, they, they haven't made the connection of washing away my sins. They haven't made the connection of God. You know what? I have to recognize I am a sinner. I'm a good one. I'm a good-looking one. I got life together. I've conquered the secular world, but I'm a sinner. In the context of I was born into sin. So I've got to recognize that. And as some might say, I've got to come clean with God. And God's going to say, okay. You see, God knows this. But I've got to say, God, and then I tell God what I'm sorry for, what I want to do. I want to turn. I want to go another direction. I want to try this new life that has been talked about. I want to experience this Pentecost. I want this, this spirit thing. I want That intrigues me. I like it. Yeah. And maybe just let me put myself on pause for a minute and say, some of you that have been working through COVID, you might need a refilling of the Spirit. Mm, I better rephrase that because I didn't go over too good. Some of you that have been working through COVID need fresh oil and fresh fire because along the way, come on, life has gotten a little heavy and it's pounded on us and I need a fresh anointing. Why? Because my strength from yesterday is gone. So even though I received the Holy Spirit at eight years old, I still need to connect in the Spirit. I still need to have a connectivity to the Spirit of God. It's not one time I spoke in tongues, but it's a continual relationship. And now as I speak in tongues, I enter into a heavenly language as I communicate with the Spirit, as God gives me the words to say with His Spirit. So yes, every one of us need a fresh anointing, including myself. I've lived through a pandemic. Lord, I need fresh oil. Lord, I need fresh fire. Lord, I need a fresh anointing. And if you're sitting among us this morning or you're streaming and you don't think you need a fresh anointing, you need a fresh anointing. You need fresh oil. You need fresh fire. Why? Because it's the spirit that is fluid in my life. You can't let it be stale. You can't let mm, somebody needs to hear me this morning. We don't subscribe. We don't find anywhere once saved, always saved. No, that's not. I, no, no, I can't buy that. It's a continual relationship with God. Let, let, me, let me keep moving. All four gospels. Reference the coming of the Holy Spirit. All four Gospels reference the coming. The first baptism of the Holy Ghost was the birth of the church. Again, I'm taking you kind of chronologically. We're going from the Gospels. The very next book is the fifth book. We, we segue into the book of Acts. That's the church in action. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost, hey, that's today was fully come. They were all in one accord and in one place. We are all together and in one, one accord and in one place. And suddenly, someone shout suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. We are in the house of God and we are sitting. And today is the day of Pentecost and we are in one accord and we are in one place. My friend, I'm telling you, it lines up perfect and it lay, it's an overlay of the early church and the church in Temecula, California and Old Town Temecula. But that didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. It began to move through the book. It began to move through the ages. It began to move through generations. But it didn't stop there. There was an outpouring of the Spirit and we are spirit filled and we are spirit anointed why because we believe in the prophetic words that were preceded us in jesus glory 
And so the Bible says, and I'm picking up in verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, Holy Ghost and fire. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm reading again, and began to speak with other tongues. Here it is, capital S, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, this is after the day of Pentecost, after the book of Acts, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, his first epistle, his first letter, in whom he also trusted, after they had heard the word of truth, the gospel, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after they believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Paul's talking to people now after the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 10 talks about tongues or the single common sign of receiving the Holy Ghost. I've Someone told me once before, I said, hey, have you received the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I received the Holy Ghost. And I don't know if this was the anointing or sarcasm. I still don't know to this day. I said, you speak in tongues? They said, no. I said, well, how can you jump in the pool and say you didn't get wet? I kind of sound anointed to me at the time, but maybe now that I look back, that sounds a little mean. You say, hey, I, I went swimming. Did you get wet? No. That's on the same level as I receive the Holy Ghost. You speak in tongues? No. Okay. Because every time someone, here's, please understand this, okay? And I'm going to give us an opportunity. God's going to fill people with the Holy Ghost, and he's going to refill people with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's the day of Pentecost, and we have faith, and we believe the profound prophetic word of God. So the Holy Ghost, let me tell you, the reason you want the Holy Ghost is it cleanses you from the inside out, God's Spirit goes with you everywhere. It makes you a better person. It's always working on you. How many of us want to be better people? Of course we do. The Holy Ghost speeds that up. And it's part of the new birth experience. Repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 10, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water? that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them to be baptized, watch this, in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they he to tarry certain days. When people receive the Holy Ghost, they either A, have been baptized, or they are baptized shortly after they receive the Holy Ghost. Again, for God to fill me with his Spirit, I have to repent. I have to focus for a moment. And then there's a part of me that says I need to be baptized. Again, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, or you're not sure how you're baptized, or maybe when you were baptized, they baptized you in the, t- in the titles, in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. The biblical way to be baptized is the only way you can find in the Bible which is the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So yes, I've baptized many. I'll say rebaptize them. In fact, that's in the book of, book of Acts. They, some people were rebaptized. When they got revelation, they got knowledge, they got data. They, you know what? I wasn't baptized. Like, I didn't understand. No one explained it to me. You see, the reasons why you weren't baptized are not relevant. What's relevant now is, Lord, I hear your voice. 
oh, maybe I don't have the Holy Ghost. Again, if you have spoke with tongues as the Spirit, okay, that's the Spirit of God, gave utterance, then yes, you've received the Holy Spirit. But let me just push it a little further. If it's been a long time Pentecostal member, and you have not spoke with new tongues as the Spirit gives utterance, you need a fresh anointing. If you have not spoken tongues this year, as the Spirit gave the utterance, I'm simply saying you need a fresh anointing. Nineteen oh six, Azusa Street. Another outpouring. I, I love the words of that video, but it didn't stop there. Nineteen oh six. Someone with my video, help me here. I don't have it on my iPad. Come, someone in the play me play my little video clip here, and I'm going to come back. I want you to watch something here. The location, two hundred and fourteen, Bonnie Bray Street. On the third day of a 10-day fast, William Seymour began to preach to the prayer group from Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Afterwards, Mr. Edward Lee asked Seymour to lay hands on him as they did in the scriptures and pray that he would receive the Holy Ghost. When they finished, Lee lifted his hands and began speaking in tongues. The word spread rapidly. By the next morning, the crowd had grown so great that it was difficult to approach the house. The porch became a pulpit as William Seymour began to preach to the crowd. This continued for three days and nights. It has been said that during this three-day street service, the house shook under the exuberant praising of a hungry people. Even on one occasion, the porch collapsed at the weight of all the people. Services continued almost day and night with healings reported and hundreds of people filled with the Spirit. After the third day, it was determined that a new location was needed to house the growing crowd of seekers. William Seymour and his followers soon found a vacated two-story church building. Its address was 312 Azusa Street. The revival at Azusa stretched from the early morning deep into the evening every day for three and a half years. One woman described the services with the following words. A sound like a rushing mighty wind filled the room and I was baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire. There is something about people being hungry for a move of God. People came believing, searching, craving, clawing to hear about this quote-unquote Holy Ghost. That is from 1906. I have personally toured the Bonnie Bray House. I have been several times on Azusa Street. It's a landmark in downtown Los Angeles where the outpouring took place. And just for grins, we are not too far from the Azusa Street in 1906. You can see there in the screen there, if you drove there 
this morning to hit Azusa Street from our parking lot is an hour and 24 minutes. We are very close to the 1906 outpouring of the Spirit of God. But thank God it didn't stop there. I'm preaching to some hungry believers. I'm preaching to some Pentecostals. I'm preaching to some people that say, God, baptize me with fire again. God, let the spirit of the Bonnie Bray house rest upon the house in Old Town Temecula. Let Azusa Street become Old Town Front Street. Let the man of God speak prophetic words over my life and let me begin to speak with new tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. But it didn't stop there. Ha! Someone shout, it didn't stop there. If you can stand with me this morning, I want you to stand and I'm going to give two invitations. If you are hungry and needing the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you've never spoken tongues as the Spirit has given utterance. This is all brand new to you. You got a revelation. You never understood any of this. That, that's not a condemning observation. It's just saying, hey, I'm talking to you this morning. We want you to feel the infilling of the Spirit of God. And if God would fill you with the Spirit, there's a desire, a craving that you're interested. God, I want to change my life. I want to be pure on the inside, which makes the outside pure. I want my thoughts to be pure. I don't want to go to the dark side anymore, Lord. I want light. I want anointing. And then I want to be baptized according to the Word of God. If you are here among us this morning, I want you to come up here in the front and say, I've never received the Holy Ghost. I'm interested. I want to talk about it. I want to engage. I want to speak with new tongues. I want God to fill me with the Spirit exactly like you preached. That's exactly what I want. If you're here this morning, I want you to come. Please don't be embarrassed. We're talking about the God living inside of you. We're talking about, hey, if they did it there and it didn't stop there, I want to be a part of this Azusa Street. I want to be a part of this. Come on. Stand up just for one moment. Hang on one second. Stand. Okay? Here's my, here's my goal, my, my assignment as a pastor. I want to help you. We have ministers that are going to pray with you, talk to you. I want to help you receive the Holy Spirit. I can't give it to you. Come on. You see, the only thing that you can do is you can repent and you can say, I want to be baptized. The rest of it is supernatural. I can't fix it. I can't make it. I can't give you a card. I can't shake your hand. That's you and God. But what I got to do is somehow create that avenue with your spirit and God to say, God, I just heard about something. I didn't understand it, but I want this. I'm like the people that filled the house for three and a half years, hungry souls. And I want to be empowered today. We have three that have never received the Holy Ghost. I'm so excited, my friend. Hey, this is exciting. This is what church is all about. This is why we are Pentecostal and Spirit-filled. Okay. I'm going to... The three of you look, Brother Chris, look at me, Sister Hermana. Okay. Repentance. Repentance is God, and you just say whatever you say you're sorry for, or whatever you want God to do in your life. God, I've got all this, and I'm embarrassed, but I'm going to put it under the blood. And you're going to forgive me? God says, yes. 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 Whatever you're ashamed of. Whatever things you did, hey, I didn't know God back then. No, you're not held accountable. It's okay. You're good. Had I known God, I wouldn't have done that. It's okay. Just tell him, God, I'm sorry. 
I, I want to be pure. I want this Holy Ghost. And then if ever, if ever you, have you been baptized or just baptized you? We baptized you. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Okay. So all of you have been baptized. Okay. So we go from repentance, we over baptism, and then we want the Holy Ghost, right? Because we've already been baptized. Okay. So I, I'm going to repent. Maybe you say, I've done that. Well, I'm going to repent again. I'm going to jump baptism because I've already been baptized. And I'm going to say, God, fill me with your spirit. And these, each minister, come with one of each. I need one more minister. So I have one. I want you to give one per person. One minister. I need one more. We have two. Okay, come behind them for a minute. Just stand behind the empty vessels. Somebody. Okay, Brother French. Okay, Monica. Brother French is going to pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost. Okay, he's back there. He's not going to do nothing right now. I just want to let you know, okay? Brother, Brother Rene is going to pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost, okay? In a minute. I'm getting you guys your personal Holy Ghost trainer, okay? Chris, Brother Chavez, okay? In a minute, they'll step in front and kind of talk to you guys a little bit, okay? And by faith, this is what I tell everybody, okay? When the Spirit of God moves upon us, Sometimes people get a little shaky, like, or they feel the anointing. It's the power. When you feel like you're stammering your, your mouth or you're like it's getting a little quivery, all I say is you just keep praising God in English. God, I thank you. I want the Holy Ghost. That's it. Fail me, God. Change my life. I love you. I'll do whatever you want. I, you just keep talking English. Because what I've seen too often, it scares people and they shut down. And then to kind of restart that, to get back up to there, is very challenging. Because mentally, you're a little depleted. And you've got to think, okay, okay, let's try this again. All I'm saying is, when you pray, and you feel God coming, or you feel like you can't say it, I, I'm trying to speak in English, and when people are trying to speak in English, that's when the Spirit of God takes over, and the Spirit gives utterance. But nobody gets the Holy Ghost with their lips closed. Okay? Their tongue and their lips, I'm conversating in English, okay? And you can't fake this. Okay, Monica, if you know Spanish, see, no English. Okay, so when you get the Holy Ghost, it will not be Spanish, it will not be English, because the Spirit of God needs to talk through you. It's not going to be here, it's going to be the Spirit of God here. So when Monica gets the Holy Ghost, she will not speak English and Spanish, or Spanish, because those are known languages to her. That's not God made, that's man learned. Okay. I'm going to pray for us. But let me, before I do that, is there anybody here in the center aisle that comes this way, right in front of Chad? Okay. We have ministers going back there, Brother Blair, Brother Garcia. If you haven't spoken tongues this year and you need a fresh anointing, I want you to line up right in that center aisle. This is not an accusation. When's the last time you felt the Spirit of God flow through you liberally and the joy of the Lord was your strength? And you know what? It's been a few months. It's been a few years. The pandemic has slowed me down. I want you to come right across that aisle there. The ministers are there. And the same thing we're doing, I'm going to say first-timers, we're doing it for repeat. Okay, anybody else need a fresh anointing? Okay. Come on, folks. We need a fresh anointing. Don't be bashful. Because some of you do need it. I'm not going to embarrass you, but you need to be standing in the middle aisle. Let's be honest with God. Okay? This is not an accusation. It's an opportunity. Lord, I need a fresh anointing. That is not condemning. 
I feel the Spirit of God. See, I just, I just flowed into an intercessory prayer. God is upon me right now. Brethren, if you'll step in front of these, to help, okay? They're going to pray. They have masks on, so we're being wise, okay? You got to repent, and then you're going to pray for the Holy Ghost, okay? Let me talk to those in the center aisle. Listen to me in the center aisle. Then I'm going to pray, and, and apostolic believers, the rest of you that are standing where you are sitting, I want you to look towards someone in a moment. And I want you to send prayers of the Holy Ghost power. This place ought to erupt like the day of Pentecost. And what are we doing? We're partnering. We're synergizing. We're bringing the Spirit to them from where I am that they can, A, be refilled in a fresh anointing or filled with the first time. We're slow, I'm slowing this down on purpose. Why? Because I want them to receive the Holy Ghost. All right. Is there anybody back there in the center aisle that doesn't have someone to pray with them? I need prayer warriors to help pray, okay? I'm going to need some help, church. Who among us can step up with your mask and help pray a re-anointing of those in the middle? Okay? Nobody can be left alone because we're going to partner with you. Let's quickly do this, and we're going to pray, and the Holy Ghost is going to fall. Okay? Somebody help me out. Is everybody in the center aisle, do they have someone to pray with them? On the far left, someone's not. I need help, somebody. Okay. All right, those of you that are praying with people, make sure your mask is completely on. Let's be respectful. You're over your nose and your mouth. Okay. I'm going to pray for us together, church. Those of you that are praying with them, I want you to lay hands on them and anoint them and speak the power of God into their life. Let's pray together right now and see if the Holy Ghost fall upon it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I command a move of the Spirit of God. Lord, that the day of Pentecost did not stop there. God, in the Cane Ridge Revival, it did not stop there. Topeka, Kansas, and it did not stop there. In Azusa Street, and it did not stop there. It did not stop in my life in 1968. But today, on May the 23rd, 2021, in Old Town Temecula, a move of God came upon people, and the Spirit of God descended, and they began to speak with new tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. We begin to magnify God. We begin to praise God. We begin to lift up our voice. And God came upon the church. And God came upon the people. And they begin to speak. And the Spirit of God was in the house. In the name of Jesus, these things shall follow them that believe. Come on, church. Lift your voice. Come on, intercede. Come on, pray in tongues. Come on, let's help them. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.